Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. In this episode, we're going to review different toothbrushing methods. We're going to talk about the purpose of each method and the indications for use on your patients, as well as some of the contraindications or limitations that are associated with each of those toothbrushing methods. And you want to be able to understand the techniques involved with each one of those methods. You want to be able to understand which method works best for your patient. And because one of the most important roles as a dental hygienist is to educate your patient and walk them along the path to optimal oral health. So it's really important for you to understand which toothbrushing methods, number one, are best for them, and number two, will benefit them in a way that doesn't frustrate them or have good compliance. You want to make sure that they're ready for the method that you're instructing them on and that they understand the need for changes that occur when you're instructing them on how to change a behavior that they've been doing for a while. So it's really important to understand the different methods as well as the indications and contraindications for use. When would you recommend these different toothbrushing techniques? Not just the technique itself, but who does it benefit and how will you implement that in the clinical setting? That's what we'll talk about in today's episode. When we're working with our patients in the clinical setting and we're working ourselves through the assessment process, one of the things that has to be in the back of your mind as you're evaluating your patient is the education piece. What is the best way to move forward with this patient? What are the problem areas with this patient? Where are their struggles? What's their dexterity level? Their dental IQ? Now think about what the most common problem areas are in the dentition. So those problem areas are those hard places or difficult to access areas for the majority of patients. So we know that those mandibular posterior teeth are lingually inclined or any other tooth that's in malposition, a lingually inclined tooth is more challenging for your patient. So you want to look for those and you want to have focused attention on those when you're evaluating. Maybe there's exposed roots or recessed areas in the mouth and those are going to be problem areas for your patient as well. Perhaps there's crowding issues or there's teeth with really wide embrasures where there's a diastema present. Maybe there's a missing tooth, and so the adjacent teeth, the neighboring teeth, the patient is having a harder time keeping those areas clean. Um, The distal surfaces of the very posterior tooth, those are also problem areas for patients to access. And maybe the right-hand side canine and lateral incisor for that um, right-handed brusher or the left-hand side canine and lateral for the left-handed brusher. So these problem areas are just the the general areas that you want to be paying attention to during your assessment process as you build up 
your understanding of this patient and gather information so that you can put together a comprehensive plan for their oral health education piece. Let's start with the roll stroke only because the roll stroke can be used as a great starting point to see where your patient is at mostly for their dexterity as well as their technique. What are they currently doing at home? So implementing the roll stroke right out of the gate as a starting point really gives you lots of information on what the patient's brushing habits are. Do they have a specific pattern that they do? Are they going left, right, up, down? Are they very strategic in how they're brushing their teeth? So if you start with the roll stroke, it's a really great starting point. And this is indicated for children who have relatively healthy gingiva uh, and also patients who can clean without needing emphasis placed on the gingival sulcus. So the roll stroke is a really great starting point to give you more information about the level of dexterity as well as the patterns that your patient has. And you can go from there with that information. Now, some of the precautions with the roll stroke is that you shouldn't use it excessively if the patient doesn't have healthy gingiva because it's not stimulating the gingival tissue. And the tendency for our patients is to use really quick sweeping strokes and they end up missing the cervical third of the tooth in most cases with the roll stroke. And if they place the brush too high, it can, it can injure the alveolar mucosa. So those are some of the precautions with the roll stroke. But the roll stroke still is a really great starting point to give you more information about the type of patient and where their starting point is for oral hygiene education. The procedure to perform the roll stroke, you want to direct the bristles in an apical direction with the side of the brush on the attached gingiva. The plastic portion of the brush head would be level with the incisal or occlusal plane. When you're performing the stroke, the side of the bristles are pressed lightly against the gingiva. You want to roll the brush slowly over the teeth. And as the brush is rolled, the wrist is turned ever so slightly. When you're moving the brush to adjacent teeth, you want to overlap your brush position. And you want to repeat the entire stroke five times for each tooth or group of teeth. And for the anterior lingual or the palatal area, you're going to use the brush in the long, narrow direction. You want to hook the heel of the brush right on the incisal edge and press until the bristles lie flat against the teeth and the gingiva and repeat that five times on each tooth. What's wonderful about the roll stroke is that once your patient understands the roll stroke and is proficient at the roll stroke, it can be combined with other methods and use the vibration effects of both the Bass, Charters, and Stillman's methods in order to be a more comprehensive brush stroke. The Bass method, also known as the Succular method, is used for all patients for removal of biofilm beneath and at the gingival margin. Now, for open embrasures and cervical areas right beneath the height of contour, the BAS method is wonderful. It's also great for exposed root surfaces or for the patient who's had periodontal surgery, 
for adapting to abutment teeth under gingival borders of fixed prosthesis, uh, for patients that are on periodontal maintenances, and for patients who have deeper periodontal pockets. The procedure that you're going to use for the BAS technique is that you want to first direct the bristles apically up for the maxillary arch and down for the mandibular arch. Position the sides of the bristles parallel with the long axis of the tooth. Now from that position, you're going to turn the brush head toward the gingival margin at a 45 degree angle to the long axis of the tooth and direct the bristle tips into the gingival sulcus. Press slightly so that the bristles enter the gingival sulci and the embrasures to cover the gingival margin. Do not bend the bristles with excessive pressure, but just lightly. Then you're going to vibrate the brush back and forth with very short strokes without disengaging the tips of the bristles from the sulci and count about 10 vibrations. Now, after you're done with those 10 vibrations, you're going to repeat the process to the next group of two or three teeth, taking care to overlap the placement of the brush and count to 10 before you move forward. You wanna make sure that the patient vibrates the bristles back and forth. You don't want long sweeping strokes because that will turn into scrubbing and this could damage the tissue. The entire stroke is repeated at each position around both the maxillary and the mandibular arches, both facially and lingually. Some of the precautions for the BAS technique is that if the patient is too aggressive, they can traumatize their tissue. And this technique requires a high level of dexterity, so it may be difficult for some patients. Because of that 45 degree angle, it can be really difficult for your patient to vi visualize what you're asking of them to do. Remember, you can start with that roll stroke and get that going before you move the patient into a BAS technique. Now that we've talked about the roll method and the BAS method, we can combine those two techniques together to create the modified BAS technique. Now this technique requires a really high level of dexterity and motivation from your patient in order to go through the mouth properly and effectively. So you wanna keep that in mind when you're introducing this to your patient. Now it's indicated for general cleaning and dental biofilm removal, patients who have recession, are on a periodontal maintenance, patient who have some kind of periodontal risk, and patients who are exposed to um, a high caries rate if they have root surface exposure. So the modified BAS is the technique that we're aiming towards. So we're building towards the modified BAS technique because it's so all-encompassing for our patient types. But the problem is the precautions need to be identified and it does require a high level of dexterity. So oftentimes, if you introduce the modified BAS technique too early on in the education process, your patient will fall or relapse into the previous technique that they were using and disregard your input. Let's take a look at what that modified BAS technique looks like. So you're going to start with the BAS technique 
by placing the bristles at a 45 degree angle towards the gingival margin. Press slightly so that the bristles extend into the gingival sulcus and do your 10 vibration strokes back and forth, ever so slightly. Then you're going to roll away from the gingival margin towards the occlusal or incisal surface with the brush before you move on to the next area. So you're combining the bass stroke and the roll stroke into a modified bass technique. So think that you are disrupting the biofilm at the gingival third and in the gingival sulcus, and then you're moving it away from the gingival margin. And this makes a lot of sense to your patients when you're showing them this technique. You just wanna be sure that they're ready for it. Some of the problems that occur is when the patient is trying to do the technique is that they might be brushing too high during the initial placement of the bristles, or they might be vibrating too vigorously back and forth. So they might be trying to cover too much territory when they're vibrating instead of just concentrating on a few teeth at a time. So these are some of the precautions you want to keep in mind when you're instructing your patient on the modified bass technique. Be sure that they have the bass technique and the roll stroke down proficiently before you make that combination move. The Stillman's technique is a specific technique designed to stimulate and clean the cervical areas of the tooth structure. It's designed for the removal of dental biofilm in those areas, as well as massaging and stimulating the gingiva. And it's indicated to massage the gingiva specifically. The Stillman's method is indicated for patients that have gingival irritation. And so it's meant to massage and stimulate the tissue, as well as remove biofilm from the cervical areas of the tooth. The general application of using this is for massaging the gingiva. So you want to hold the toothbrush with a palm grasp and place the side of the brush against the tissue, against the attached gingiva, so that the plastic portion of the brush head is level with the occlusal or incisal plane. You want to angle the bristles towards the gingiva and activate the toothbrush using slight tiny circles and count to 10. You want to move forward to the next tooth being sure that you overlap and repeat until you've covered all the tooth surfaces throughout the mouth. So this is indicated for gingival stimulation. It's also really helpful if you have large embrasures or if you need to remove plaque and biofilm specifically from the cervical regions of the tooth structure. Now, some of the precautions for using the Stillman's method is that you can injure the tissue if you do not have the proper technique. Patients may try to move the brush too quickly or turn it into a roll stroke or vibrate too much, or they may be ineffective for biofilm removal at the gingival margin if their technique is not accurate. So you want to make sure that you have them show you how they're doing this technique and that they understand the process. The Stillman's method is really beneficial for stimulating the gingival tissue. When you're performing the Stillman's method on the anterior teeth, you want to hook the heel 
and then also do a rotary motion, counting to 10 and then moving on to the next tooth. If you feel that your patient can do a modified Stillman's method, what you'll have them do is hold the toothbrush with a palm grasp, place the side of the brush against the attached gingiva so that the plastic portion is level with the occlusal plane, angle the bristles against the attached gingiva at a 45 degree angle, and then do rotary tiny circle motions counting to 10. And then the rotary motions are continued while the brush is rolled down over the crown and interproximal areas of the tooth. You wanna have the patient repeat that rotary rolling stroke five times for each area and repeat until they've covered all the tooth surfaces throughout the mouth. Now for the lingual areas of the anterior teeth, you wanna have the patient place the heel of the brush against the gingival margin and then perform the rotary motions. Now you wanna make sure that light pressure is used when the patient is performing this technique. And the patient may try to rush when they're brushing and try to advance into the rolling stroke too quickly before they're focusing their attention on the gingival margin. So you wanna be sure to make sure your patient is performing this technique correctly. The charters method is used to loosen debris and biofilm and massage and stimulate the interdental and marginal gingiva. It's great for removing biofilm from proximal surfaces when the interproximal tissue is missing, if there's a cervical embrasure. And the purpose is to adapt to those cervical areas below the height of contour of the crown and those exposed root areas. The charters method removes biofilm from abutment teeth and under fixed partial dentures or implant areas. And I would recommend this method to patients with gingival recession, a patient who has a crown or bridge, or a patient who is wearing an ortho appliance. You wanna instruct the patient to perform that basic roll stroke for general cleaning as we discussed earlier in this podcast. So the position of the brush matters with charters. It's completely different than all the other techniques we've discussed so far. You wanna hold the brush outside the mouth with the bristles directed towards the occlusal or incisal plane to be brushed. And then you're gonna insert the brush in the direction it will be used. So it's opposite direction of your bass technique or even your Stillman's. So think about the charters as being backwards where the plastic handle part of the brush head is at the gingival margin and the bristles are pointed in the direction of the occlusal surface. You wanna insert the brush in the mouth that direction. And then the sides of the bristles are placed against the tooth structure. They're angled at a 45 degree angle towards the occlusal or incisal edge. And then you're going to slide the brush to a position right at the junction of the free gingival margin and the tooth surface. You're gonna press really lightly to cause those bristles to go between the teeth and press the sides of the bristles against the gingival margin. You're going to vibrate the brush gently but firmly in a rotary motion counting to 10 slowly as you perform this technique. 
After 10 seconds, you're going to reposition the brush and repeat. And those strokes should definitely be overlapped throughout the arch. Now picture your patient is wearing ortho brackets, and this method is meant to get on the top side of the tooth with the bristles going in between the brackets, pointing down towards the occlusal plane if you're on the maxillary arch. It's really a great technique to help your patients keep the gingiva healthy and get the dental biofilm out from between the brackets. So on the posterior teeth, your brush tips are pointed towards the occlusal surface and the handle is extended across the incisal edge of the opposing side to be brushed. So when you're doing the lingual surfaces, those filaments are vibrated at each embrasure. When you're doing the anterior teeth, the brush handle is parallel to the long axis of the tooth and the sides of the toe end bristles over the interproximal embrasures are pressed and vibrated against the tooth. The limitations for charters is pretty self-evident. Because the bristles are pointed in the opposite direction of the gingival margin, those brush ends do not engage the gingival sulcus to actually remove subgingival bacteria. The patient needs a pretty high level of dexterity as well. And correct placement of the brush is not always possible, especially on those lingual surfaces, making modifications necessary when there's complications, if there's crowding or there's other appliances that are interacting. But this is a wonderful technique for your patients with ortho appliances or bridges and somebody who's really in need of a highly focused attention area and sometimes it's just site-specific. Maybe your patient can use the modified bass technique throughout their whole mouth, and in this one area where they have a bridge, you'll show them the charters method to get down around the abutment. So think about those types of situations for your patients and how all of these different techniques are interrelated to really customize your oral hygiene instruction for your patient. The phones method of tooth brushing is primarily the preferred method during the dexterity development phase of life. It's relatively easy to perform for children and also medically compromised patients that have limited dexterity. Now the sequence of doing the phones method, the teeth of both arches are placed together and then the bristles are held at a 90 degree angle to the buccal surfaces. The patient will perform large circular motions to cover both the maxillary and the mandibular arches, and they'll do several circular motions and then move on to the next area. The limitations of the phone method is that it's pretty ineffective at biofilm disruption or gingival stimulation, but it's a great introductory method for patients with low dexterity during that developmental phase. Now, the procedure that should be used on brushing the occlusal surfaces, no matter what method your patient is being instructed on, is you want to be sure that they're also brushing the occlusal table. You want to have them place the brush on the occlusal surface starting in the back, and the tips of the brush are pointed towards the tooth surface on the tops in those deep pits and fissures. The handle should be parallel with the occlusal table, and the patient should be instructed to extend the toe of the brush to cover the back surface of that last tooth. 
They're going to move the brush to the premolars and overlap the previous surface. But what they're going to do for their technique is they're going to vibrate the brush in slight circular motions while maintaining that tip on the surfaces of the teeth. You could have them count to 10 and press moderately so that the brush tips do not bend, but they go straight into those pit and fissure areas. And then lift the brush off to dislodge any debris that could be in there. Now some precautions is that if the patient does long scrubbing strokes from the anterior to the posterior on the occlusal surface, they may only contact certain parts of the cusps and not get into those deeper grooves. So you want to have them have focused attention in those pit and fissure areas. Your final step in your toothbrushing instruction for your patient would be to instruct your patient on the importance of cleaning their tongue. You want to help them understand why it's important to clean the tongue. It reduces microorganisms, reduces the potential for halitosis, and really contributes to the overall cleanliness of the mouth. Instruct the patient that microorganisms live right on the surface of the tongue, as well as in their gingival pockets and other areas of the mouth. These are some of the typical toothbrushing techniques that you will use with your patients in the clinical setting. I would advise you to reference your clinical practice of the dental hygienist Wilkins uh, edition book, which I would assume that every student owns, uh, to further understand these techniques in depth. There's really great pictures and descriptions in that book that will help you uh, further understand this. This is just an introduction to all that you're going to be learning about oral hygiene education. No matter what technique you think works best for your patient or how you implement the process of oral hygiene instruction, the main goal is that your patient is growing and understanding and gaining traction in taking the best care of their mouth at home when they're not with you. The impact that you can have on what they do every day, I don't think is measurable. So do not disregard just how important and how much you can impact your patient's at-home behaviors by taking the time to customize your oral hygiene instruction for them and their needs. Your patients will truly appreciate your knowledge and understanding of their dentition, their dexterity, and their dental IQ to help them grow into being very proficient at maintaining their dentition at home with all of your tips, tricks, and techniques that you provide them. This is just talking about brushing techniques. There's so many other things that we can do. We haven't even talked about interdental aids and electric toothbrushes and all these other supplemental things and preventive strategies that you can use in your oral hygiene instruction. This is just the starting point of different brush techniques. There's so much more that you're going to use chair side with your patient. This is just starting, right? These are the basics. These are the fundamentals and we're just going to grow from here. Thanks so much for listening today. Don't miss the next episode where we will be discussing time management skills for the dental hygienist. There's never enough good advice out there for all of us, especially when we're first getting started on managing the appointment sequence, 
and our time, our schedule, and all the components of a dental visit. You might want to catch this one. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.